Maybe we should talk a little bit about Nausicaa. Yeah, let's get into it. Um, So, I think we should have a segment for each movie where we do a quick synopsis. In the style of the kind of synopsises that Brooke and I like to do after we see a movie. Oh, yeah. So, I'll, I'll go into it and you'll... Kind of Wait, are you drift. talking about Brooke Parker? Brooke Parker, yes, our sister. Which I think we should have her on at some point, and she can do this. Because oh, she's yeah. very good at these uh-huh. synopses. Um, I don't think I know what the game that you guys play. So, should we do, maybe, let's do some freestyle jazz to go into it, make up a theme song. Now, so go, in the valley of no, the no, wind. No. I'm saying for the segment that's going to be... <laughs> Okay, you start. Okay, okay. <laughs> synopsis. 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 Gonna do a synopsis. We gonna do a synopsis. Gonna do a synopsis. Yeah, we're gonna do a synopsis. Gonna do a synopsis. Yeah, we're gonna do a synopsis. Gonna do a synopsis. Yeah. Okay. Now it's time for our synopsis so, <clears throat> segment. Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind opens with a uh, beard guy walking through the desert place. He has big birds. Mask ostriches. He's got big mask ostriches. What's that? He comes upon like a, like a big old house. Windmill covered with spores. Inside it, it's all gross. Ew. <laughs> Full of spores. Gross, he says. Then he goes off to the Valley of the Wind, where he's from, I guess. His name is Yupa. Yupa. Lord Yupa! <laughs> Nausicaa. Um, Voiced by the illustrious Patrick John Stewart. Picard. Yes. So Yupa is the best swords master in all of the kingdoms and captain of the Starship Enterprise. When he's trying to block someone from cutting someone else, he just straight up puts up his hand and his hand gets his blood. arm gets cut. It gets all blood. But he doesn't care. He doesn't care because he's so strong. Yeah. Cut to the spore forest. The earth is covered in spore forest. Who's that? It's a lady. She's a uh, 14 year old or something her name is nausicaa which comes from uh, the odyssey homer's odyssey there's a character named nausicaa who who saves odysseus that's what she's named after in this world because they also have that book yeah she is the princess of the valley of the wind valley of the wind is a farm place windmill place um so she's there and then uh and then big old ship comes in just crash, boom. Oh no, it's bad. People died. Um, Nausicaa, sad. She runs over. There's a big fireman inside. The fireman, where a thousand years ago, a big fireman destroyed the earth because of people's war. So they found this one underground and they want to revive it. And then. Uh, <laughs> then hold on. Nas- then other people. Can I jump in? Yeah, jump in. Other, other civilizations fight over who's going to be the one to kill all the bugs. The gun, the gun knights. The gun knights. They're the main bad ones. Main bad ones. And the wussy Stallones. The, the Shia, Shia LaBeouf. The Shia LaBeoufs. <laughs> Are this other one, other civilization kind of nice? Bugs in their butt. Dead bugs. Dead Kill bugs. them all. Um, they, Hand they, it back over to you. They take Nausicaa in their big uh, ship up in the sky. Gets shot down by Shia. Um, then Nausicaa and Shia, they're in a big crystal cavern. Uh, they find out that the earth, uh, that the, the spore force is nice now. It's cleaning the earth. And they uh, try to convince everybody that that's it's good. It's good. It's a good thing. And you shouldn't burn it. And burn down. Meanwhile, giant bugs stampeding. Um, and they go, and they're going to stampede over everybody, unless we can learn not to, not to hate. 
evil lady's like, kill him, kill him. I chose the path of blood. Yeah, she literally says that <laughs> at one point. Um, and you know what? We all just learn to love, and uh, and it's good. Oh, man. Good synopsis. Thanks. <laughs> um, Brick's really good at that. <laughs> <laughs> we should have our sister on to do one of those. Um, I wanted to read a little a little thematic synopsis that's written very beautifully. Oh, yeah. You mean more, I don't know, more beautifully than that? Uh, well... I feel like that was the height of prose. That was pretty good. Uh, so this is in Hayao Miyazaki, Master of Japanese Animation by Helen McCarthy. And it's this is a nice little, it's kind of like a teaser synopsis, or like mm. a little thematic summary. Considered, so... Nasca of the Valley of the Wind. Those are the bugs. Bug sounds. Considered by many fans to be Miyazaki's most significant work, this movie tells the story of a beautiful young princess growing up in a near-feudal world in the distant future after war has destroyed most of mankind's technology and polluted the environment seemingly beyond repair. Her love for all living things and her passionate determination to understand the processes of nature lead her into terrible danger, and she learns that the dark forces of the world beyond her homeland are matched in intensity by her own feelings of rage, pain, and loss. She can lead her people beyond survival to reconciliation. Wait, sorry. Can she lead her people beyond survival to reconciliation with nature and with each other? Spoiler alert. She does. She can. And she does. Uh, how'd you like the film? Um, I, you know, I liked it okay. I didn't love it. I feel like Aaron, it was, Aaron, Aaron. I feel like it kind of started off uh, kind of, it started off not so great, but it got better, mm. which I think is how this podcast probably is going to be. <laughs> um, well, do you want to hear the things I liked about it or things I didn't like? Um, just share whatever, uh, is in your heart to say. I feel like, uh, it, it was kind of clumsy with, um with um it had a lot of characters alone talking to themselves explaining the world and and the the history and how everything is saying things like this is a spore and these are poisonous for me to breathe and this is a bug and it's big and scary and i'm gonna climb it and you know a lot of kind of exposition. exposition yeah uh, which might be a, a symptom of, of the of the fact that it was adapted from a from a manga, maybe. Yeah. Um, but that was my main gripe with it. It, I I prefer it when films kind of. I feel like it's a real skill to know what you have to explain, and what you don't have to. You don't have to explain everything. You can figure a lot of stuff out. But the things you do have to explain, you know, you can find a better way to do it. Give her, like, a little, give her her little pet thing earlier so she can be talking to that at least. Uh-huh. Or it was, yeah. it was, it was really rattling when she was 100% alone mm-hmm. and she was just talking out loud. It's like, who does, no one does that. Right, right. <laughs> it's a weird thing to do. Yeah. Um, but that being said, um, I'd say the story was pretty compelling and uh and the the animation was beautiful and good voice actors uh sometimes some of the lines weren't very good mm. like i chose the path of blood mm-hmm. or whatever she said yeah what do you think of it um well this brings us to a segment called disagreement disagreement Disagreement, disagreement. Yeah. Because I loved it. <laughs> uh, I think I think it's a really strong film right out right out of the gate mm-hmm. for 
uh, for Studio Ghibli. I mean, it wasn't Studio Ghibli, but um, as Miyazaki's first really auteur, you know, yeah. entry, um, I thought that it was beautiful and fascinating and archetypal. Um, I, I like I said, I hadn't seen it in in a while, and really, I barely remembered anything. So it was like a fresh viewing for me. Um, and yeah, I the lead character Nausicaa, uh, as I said, based on a character in Homer's Odyssey, based on an amalgamation of that character and another character that Miyazaki. Uh, encountered in in some other, I think in some folktale or something, mm. um, who was fascinated by bugs and kind of like a friend. Yeah, of, something about I read something about that Japanese folklore. There's some bug princess or something. Yeah, who like everyone pressures her to like paint her face and be domestic, and she's like, but I just like hanging out with bugs, and um, so I thought that she's just very, very insightful. She can see something that is really hard for a lot of human beings to see, and that is that under underneath anger is often fear. Mm. And so other people see these uh, big, scary bug monsters freaking out and lashing out and attacking indiscriminately, blind with rage, red eyes, and she sees a creature that is struggling and in need of compassion and in need of soothing. And And is afraid that the humans are going to kill their baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that that, uh, insight comes up throughout um, Studio Ghibli films, but I feel like in this one... It was a stronger theme. Like, it even comes up when she gets her squirrel, when she first gets her squirrel friend. Mm-hmm. And um, Lord Yupa yeah. warns her, like, this squirrel guy, this little squirrely guy is um, really wild and ferocious and stuff. And she's like, he's just scared. Wow. Is that a fox squirrel? I've never seen one. I hadn't either. I saw an insect carrying him off and I mistook him for a human baby. I had no choice but to use my gun. Oh, so that's why the Om was so angry with you. He's quite spirited. Apparently he didn't inhale too much of the jungle's poison. Better not touch him. Even the babies are vicious. And so she lets this, for few, you know, foaming at the mouth, based, practically little uh, rodent guy, just jump up on her and he's like growling and stuff, and she's like, "Shh, it's okay." And she puts her finger up to him to to say like, "It's okay, like I'm harmless. I'm not going to hurt you." And he just bites her finger. And then once he sees though that she's and there's blood, and there's oh there's oh you think there's not blood? There's blood. There's blood there. And she just kind of said, kind of gives him the message of like, "It's okay. You lashed out at me, and it's okay. I know you're afraid." I'm still not going to hurt you. Come on. It's okay. Careful. There's nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. See? Nothing to fear. Right? Yeah, that that was a very poignant scene and a, and a very, very foreshadowing poignant. scene because that's sort of the theme yeah. of the whole thing is the humans want to fight eye for an eye. The bugs bite them out of fear mm-hmm. and they want to mm-hmm. destroy them, yeah. you know, like she could have with that squirrel. Yeah. Um, so she's... But that just ends up, you just got a dead squirrel and a bloody finger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like it Whereas takes... you could have a cute squirrel and a bloody finger. Right, yeah, which is what she ended up getting. Yeah. I, I feel like it takes... She's also very brave. So not only is she, like, in, insightful in that way about the root of, of anger, mm-hmm. but she's also... She exhibits the opposite of, of that fear, which it, it takes... So she shows that it takes a lot of bravery to calm 
the fears of people who are lashing out in anger. <laughs> Our uh, kitty cat just reacted to that uh, statement strongly. But um, she also she also has another power, which is she is r- relational. In other words, everyone else wants to solve their problems by fighting. Mm. She wants to solve uh, her problems by engaging in a relationship with wh- whomever it is. Yeah. Like, with the evil princess, or, sorry, the evil... Um, the evil, like, general of the evil army woman who she saves her life. Yeah. You know? Um, or this the other king people from the other kingdom who are kind of, like, in between good guys and bad guys who she... she to all And the insects and the people in her own kingdom. To all... Every creature that she comes in contact with, she invites to be in a relationship with. And she tries to, to help you know, other two other parties to be in a relationship with each other. Yeah, and at several points in the in the film, uh, it comes to a point where you think the only way forward is like, all right, Nausicaa, we get it. You like making relationships and not fighting, but you just got to fight sometimes, uh-huh. you know? They're right. going to kill you right. if you don't fight. But she... she is brave and somehow finds a way to not fight and try to make a relationship or try to work it out. Oh my gosh, yes. And this is where one of the main themes, and this, I guess, guess spoiler alert, but really, spoiler alert for the whole episode. For all the films, because we've spoiled some things in other films already, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, The... The way that she ultimately resolves the Earth's um, conflict is by sacrificing herself, and it's a very clear, um, it's a very clear analogy to the Savior or a Messiah. In fact, the title of the chapter in McCarthy's book on Miyazaki on uh, on this film is Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, and then the subtitle is Princess Messiah. Mm. And, uh, I mean, the parallels with with Jesus are pretty striking. There's a prophecy yeah. that there's going to be someone who comes... That the old hag says. <laughs> yeah. The, the old hag character. Obama. Yeah. Obama. Uh, her, her name is Obama. The whole movie we thought they were calling her Obama. Uh-huh. Turns out it's Obama. Uh-huh. uh so this old yeah wise like witch doctor lady in the town she t- she like tells of this prophecy maybe she's a prophet uh, uh, that there's going to be someone who comes who's going to um, mend the relationship between humans and the earth um, so I don't know but then when she and they say that you know this this person who's going to come is going to be wearing blue and they're going to be in a in a field of gold. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, Nausicaa is wearing blue and she um, she sacrifices herself to to kind of appease the wrathful uh, insect monsters. And that gesture uh, is successful. It it is so touching and striking to them that they immediately stop their destruction and then they lift her up and heal her so there's the resurrection mm-hmm. and the healing involves a lot of gold um, tentacles tentacles that look so it looks like gold field or whatever do you feel like it was a little on the nose then when the prophetess woman says the prophecy is being fulfilled I think quite a few things in the film were a little bit on the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, I choose the path of blood, maybe a little on the nose. Yeah, there were there were a few lines that were a little bit on the nose. Mm-hmm. But I I did not like the film. I thought I liked it. I just thought if it were a little subtler and a little better at exposition, 
could have been a lot better. Right. <clears throat> yeah. But it had a good. It has a lot of merit. Right. Um. Yeah, I feel like there's just kind of different, maybe different expectations about di- dialogue. Maybe in Japanese animation has a different kind of function or something, because I feel like there's kind of l- clunky lines that feel that sound clunky to a Western ear like that throughout. Yeah. Um, Studio Ghibli films. For so for, for some reason it didn't bother me that much except the explicitly saying the prophecy has been fulfilled it seemed a little like okay like we get like we figured that out yeah you know yeah we'll see when we watch other studio ghibli films but i feel like they get better than this right 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 in terms of well i think you're probably right that maybe some of it was because famously the manga that this is based on is a lot longer yeah they say the manga has a lot more to it. So, maybe they're tr- yeah, trying to fit fit that in with some some clunky exposition. Um so I mean other parallels between Nasca and a Messiah figure. She died to um to atone or to make one, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh the earth and and humans, humankind. And um, in so in this, you know, looking at it as a comparison with with Jesus, it would be like uh, the earth represents God, the bugs represent God's righteous wrath. Which because it's interesting when they when they kind of came to understand what, and they actually say that later in the film that the bugs are protecting the forest need to be angry. To protect the forest. Yeah. And they come to kind of accept that that's kind of like Earth's justice. Uh-huh. You know? Um, I feel like. And so appeasing Earth's, like, justice by sacrificing herself. And then she was... And then she was obviously resurrected. So I thought that was very interesting and... Uh, I didn't. I I can't recall. I guess we'll see any kind of messiah messianic analogies that are quite that striking in any other Studio Ghibli films that mm. I can recall. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, you know, I was also just struck by the power of Nausicaa's just goodness, and I have a quote that I love from Miyazaki. Um, he said that this is early in his career when he decided to kind of uh, transition from the more cynical manga that he was drawing to more uplifting um, works for to empower children and all that but he said my goal is to express in an honest way that what is good is good what is pretty is pretty, and what is beautiful is beautiful. So I think that's really cool, mm. because um, I think I personally think that uh, simple goodness is well. For one, it's kind of considered not uh, interesting, con- interesting or enough to for serious. To, to make, like, an interesting or a serious, you know, piece of art. Yeah, hence the modern uh, um, anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like Breaking uh, Bad, um, you know. But... <clears throat> why why watch a good guy do good things... Right. ...when you can watch a bad guy do bad things and learn lessons about goodness from that somehow? Yeah. Exactly. Which, you know, that that's... A, that approach, like Breaking Bad and stuff, you could you could phrase that as I want to show that bad is like evil is bad. Yeah, you know. But I like Miyazaki. I really truly respect in uh, Miyazaki's work because I feel like maybe a lot of artists and a lot of filmmakers feel like their only loyalty is to truth. I'm going to tell 
I'm going to tell things like they are. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as, lo- as long as it, like, as long as it feels true, like, believable and, like, I'm, uh, like, honest, mm-hmm. then that's good art. Miyazaki makes a place for honesty because he says, my goal is to express in an honest way. But he doesn't stop there. He also recognizes that making art is a moral act. And so he wants to make express in an honest way that what is good is good. Mm-hmm. And that what is beautiful is beautiful. You know, rather than a lot of things that I feel like purport to be a lot of art and films these days um, that do that do represent the filmmaker's honest take on life, on the world, but they don't necessarily show that what is good is good. Sometimes um, they show goodness as boring or overly simplistic, and sometimes they show what is bad or what is ugly as somehow appealing, if that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah. More interesting, like if it's more edgy, if it's more whatever then it's more interesting yeah but Miyazaki and Takahata I I believe are not afraid to show goodness and beauty mm-hmm. and to prize it over evil and ugliness yeah you know I like that I feel like that um, desire to just make art that kind of shows uh, that just kind of highlights something that's good or um you know it doesn't have too much of a um i don't know what i'm trying to say i guess like there's a lot of art where um a lot of artists feel like they're trying to accomplish something something political or something else with their art (laughs) which is fine but that's not the kind of art that I'm drawn to and that I like to make. Right. I've, I like to make art just, uh, I like to make art that makes you feel like you, you see it and you're like, Oh yeah, that's, that's beautiful. And that's somehow reflecting something good in the world, yeah. you know? Yeah. But yeah, I think that's a worthy goal. Yeah, and I think it, part of it too depends on your worldview. Like, if you if you have a more nihilistic worldview, then sure, like um, maybe the best the the best that art can do is just show things how they are and kind of like shed light on things how they are, you know. But if you have a worldview, if you have a belief system that there is such a thing as as goodness that kind of transcends you know, that's like an organizing force of the mm-hmm. universe, for example. Yeah. Then then actively trying to align your art and expressions with that is obviously what you need to do. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like you know, if you're if you're just trying to be what if you're just trying to be honest with your own experience mm. but you your own experience is not very good. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Like you make a very honest film about the way that you that the world is to you. Uh-huh. But you're also like struggling with crippling mental illness. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's interesting. I I mean does that that could serve a a good purpose. Yeah. But at the same time, like if you try to pass it off as if you're if you're like you know struggling with all these things, but you're not trying to seek help for any of them, right? Then they just kind of creep into your movies or whatever, mm-hmm. and you pass them off as this is just the way things are for everybody. Yeah, like ultimately, you're ultimately are you doing good in the world? You know, mm-hmm. like. If you're helping people to understand something, um, like mental illness, for example, that's good, but I feel like, like what you're saying, um, 
just understanding it doesn't it shouldn't just stop there mm-hmm. understanding should lead to something like um healing growth you know what i'm saying yeah and i feel like a lot of times the goal isn't even to understand mental illness yeah the goal is this is how the world is this is how life is yeah even though there even though it is kind of from this perspective of mental illness yeah you know it's interesting like there's a debate you know in like art about i mean well there's a discussion i guess you'd say what's the goal of art you know and then some people would would say you know there doesn't necessarily need to be a goal art is like that's what it it does Mm -hmm. like um what does art instead of saying like what's the goal of art saying what does art do or or something like art has um a an existence of its own kind of a thing but what i find is interesting i i didn't really express that very well but what i find is interesting is a lot of the things that that um some artists you know look at as anathema to to art such as didacticism, mm-hmm. moralism, you know. Miyazaki uses 100%. Mm-hmm. This film is completely didactic. It's an environmental film. Yeah. It 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 has the goal of convincing the audience to take care of the earth. Yeah. You know. Very and it's very a bluntly. very moralizing film. Yeah. And Miyazaki's whole goal in his in his work is to um, give people joy through escapism, especially children, and to empower children to be themselves. That's a very goal-oriented, you know, mm-hmm. um, approach to his to his work. Yeah. Hmm. Whoa. <laughs> you can say that again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also like. And I like this about all Studio Ghibli films is the attention to detail, and you know when you get more specific. I heard someone once say, "In art, if you the more specific you are, the more universal." Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. Because we specificity all specificity is the soul of narrative. Oh. Let me say that. Uh, with more slurring of my words. Specificity is in the soul of narrative. Did you write that? No, um, no. That's, that's something that John Hodgman says a lot. Oh, specificity is the soul of narrative. Mm-hmm. That's good. You know, because like, we live in a specificity... We live in specificity. Specificity. Specific <laughs> yeah, we live in... Yeah. Booming me- metropolis of specificity. Specificity. Yeah, specificity. It's debated what the actual name is. Yeah, there's different pronunciations, but um, like for example, there's a time, there's a part in in this film where they kidnap, they take the princess and they take her glider that she glides around on, which is really cool. And then there's a part when they're Miyazaki escaping. Miyazaki loves airplanes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, we yeah we can talk more maybe in later episodes about more of his background and and yeah. stuff. But um, he when they're later they're escaping and she's like, "Get my glider!" And there's like all of these boxes had been like put on her glider, yeah. kind of like things that they were just like storing in the cargo place, mm-hmm. and so they had to like clear the boxes off. You know, yeah. that's just an example of just thinking through. Every little detail that makes it feel... That's not on screen. Like, that yeah. didn't happen on screen. No, that didn't happen on screen. It's just like... Them putting the boxes on there. It's just like, yeah, really, Miyazaki just thought, well, if they're putting if they're putting the glider in this cargo storage place, you know, they have a bunch of stuff in there. They're going to need to use that space for something. Um, and so, it, it, it's just really... It's kind of just thrilling because... You feel like you're in a real world. It's world building, yeah. Yeah, it, it's ro- good world building. Non, non-specificity, or should we say generalistic Generalicity. Things. Generalicity 
kind of takes you out of the world. Yeah. A lot of the time. Yeah. Not in a very jarring way, but in a kind of accumulative way. Like right. throughout the film, you're just like, this just doesn't feel yeah. like a, you know, it doesn't draw you in. Yeah. Those kind of little details draw you in. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like there's this other part where she needs to um, slide on a rope to her glider, which be- is being pulled behind another, an airplane. Uh-huh. And she, like, goes to the belly of the airplane and, like, rips a piece off of the engine. And then she uses that piece to to hold herself to, to what's the word where you, where you do that? Like, you pay zip line. 20 bucks and you zip line, yeah, to zip line down to her, uh, to her glider. Yeah. And it's just cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that, um... That is one of the big strengths of Adventure Time, another show, uh, an animated show that a lot of people like, but Scott and I really like. Um, It's full, it's just chock full of specific little things like Uh that, that draw you into this world that without those things, I feel like would be a much less compelling world because it doesn't reflect our world very much. It reflects it a lot in relationships and in people and and stuff but not even really in dialogue very much it's it's got a lot of kind of goofy dialogue and Mm -hmm. but those little specific things like you know if the main character has to grab something it's never just like oh he grabs it it's always like he goes over and picks up a turtle that's Mm -hmm. crawling in the corner but then it's not just a random turtle like the turtle will have been there for episodes already like it's just a part of their house like Mm -hmm. it's their pet or something yeah like just little specific things that build the world. Yeah. That's good animation. Yeah. Uh, that's good animation. Well, that's what I call good animation. G-A. Yeah. Uh, and also, like, not even just the little details, but even characters and plot things, there's a lot of instances of them being different from what you might expect from an idealized. So, for example, in the Valley of the Wind, the king, when we first meet him, he's bedridden from a disease. Mm-hmm. If this was a Disney film... We'd first meet him on a throne. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like, he's a king. Yeah, because he's a king. But, and that's just another one of the little character details. Yeah, and he's not even like in a big king bed. He's like in a little kind of, yeah. a little room up at the top of this because tower. Because the kingdom is like a cozy kingdom. Yeah. So everything is like, almost like a twist on a classic. Yeah. Kind of thing, because it's like, we're, we're all familiar with, you know... There's a kingdom and there's a king, um, but the tw- the twist is this this kingdom is uh, more like just like a little town, a little town, and you really have this small town vibe, and the king and the king and his subjects are like really close, and the they're the like subjects tight buds. Lo- they're they're Scott, TB. Don't don't pass. Don't just throw that by the wayside. They're tight buds. <laughs> they're straight up tight buds. Like, and the, the subjects love the king because the king is a good king yeah. and he cares about them. And, and they love their princess, like, so much. Like, uh-huh. there's one part, part where our villager is like, I hate it that our princess goes, goes out adventuring because I'm just worried sick over her and, you know, yeah. and I won't be able to get a good night's sleep until I know that she's not going out into that dangerous world or whatever. Yeah. That was just really sweet. Uh-huh. You know, like, they love her. Yeah. Like, the... Her, her subjects like love her so it's just like that creative twist on everything that gives the world just such a sense of possibility and like interesting adventure Mm -hmm. you know where it's you know that we're not just seeing something that you've seen a million times before yeah everything has the dynamics of every kingdom and every relationship and stuff are really well thought out and really kind of three-dimensional and I liked it. Yeah. Man, that was quite a movie. Yeah. What time is it? We've been recording for an hour and 23 minutes. Yeah, that seems pretty good. What else you got, Aaron? Um, Maybe next time we can talk a little more, a little about sub versus dub debate. Oh, yeah. I'm pro-dub when it's a good dub. If it's a bad dub, pro-sub. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, 
We have lot, the, I, I'm pro sub for pretty much all Ghibli films because they get dang good actors. Let's let's name some of these names. You got Patrick Stewart in there. You got Edward it. James Olmos was in it. I think it said his name. Yeah. I don't know who he was, but yeah, Allison straight up Loman, dude. Allison Loman was that Nausicaa? Yeah, that's Nausicaa. Is that a Lohman, person? Yeah, she. I know her. Yeah, I had a crush on her. She's in Matchstick Man. Yeah. She's in. Um, White Oleander. What? Um, I don't know who that is, but it ha- it also had uh, like Shia LaBeouf. Well, it had Shia, um, who was great. I love Shia. He's good. I don't. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's going crazy. He's and going crazy and doing tons of art adult, stuff. But, but but I think we're gonna we're gonna reap the benefits of that. Yeah, as fans. Yeah. I'm, you know? Yeah, I'm. I've, I feel like I've always been a diehard. I've always been a fan of Shia. Yeah. I've never been out of his camp. Yeah, uh, and it had like uh, like I don't know some other famous actress. Oprah Winfrey, I think, was in it. Was she in it? Just kidding. Oh, I think Obama was in it. Yeah, well, we know Obama was in it as a character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and like you know, Ponyo has Tina Fey and has. All these great voice actors. Okay, okay. Maybe we can do this debate a little right now. Because here's the thing. What's the benefit of, of sub? It's it, When you dub, you have to change some of the dialogue to fit the actions and stuff. You don't really have to fit the mouths. I mean, they don't. It's, you know, it's animation. It's not but like a... The advantage it's not as jarring if it doesn't is, line up with the mouths. It's all about artistic integrity, I feel like. With sub, the danger with subtitles is that sh- some chucklehead ragamuffin ragamuffin in America uh-huh. of all places got some straight up Jason Segal and Mother Teresa, who's not even an actor and she's dead, no less. Are we talking about subs or dubs? To to dub it, uh, to dub the dang film. Yeah. And, uh, well, okay. And, and if it goes against, so if it goes against what the director kind of intended for, because voice is a big deal. I think you are, uh, you are talking about bad voice acting because this is something that I also am very against is when, that's the danger when there's. Well, but it's the danger in any animated film, even American-made animated films. They'll grab, you know, like Pink or you know some name that people know, who's not a voice actor and has a boring voice. Right, but the danger when the danger when dubbing a a, a, a film that was made in Japan with Japanese actors in English is. It's no longer... Well, I want to look into the process more. Because if, to the extent that it's no longer under the original director's control, then, oh, I then see what you're saying. you can say it's not, it's not the original, the director's vision. And, the, and not only the quality of the acting, but just, like, the type of person that was cast for that, like, is that actor appropriate for that role? And watching yeah. the, it really struck home when watching the. I'm thinking of the same thing in that documentary you watched together. Yeah, where um, in uh, yeah, the documentary Kingdom of Dreams and Madness about Studio Ghibli, they showed um the a bit of the casting process of of casting the lead character in The Wind Rises, Miyazaki's last film, and they took great care. Yeah, and it was a very specific choice by Miyazaki that a lot of people were like, really? Him? It, but then, it was actually a non-actor. It yeah. Was, it was a fellow Where he was like, animation director. That yeah, and he just thought, he just thought, that guy's voice. Yeah. yeah and he was like, you know, uh, you know, what's his name? And everybody was like, yeah, yeah. him. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, that's the guy. And so, yeah, but if, um, you know, Disney, who is the... American distributor for Studio Ghibli, if they collaborate with Miyazaki on who does the dubs, then I have no problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, the problem with subs, in my view, is a lot of times with 
animation, it's a very um, aesthetic, you know, medium. And a lot of times with um, the art, what the artist is trying to do is direct your eye, is lead and guide your eye in a certain way. And subs distract. And subs, you have to keep darting your eye down. Let's so it could let's break, break it down. Through. Sub stands for subtitles. Yes, subtitles. And yeah. dub stands for dub titles. Yes, du- subtitles and dub titles. Um, s- here's a counterpoint, though, which is kind of a misnomer because there's no real titles with dubbing, but that just goes back to Edward ancient R. Murrow, Ancient England. Yeah, they call it Ancient England mm. uh, with the plays. Yeah, um, most of the things we say are facts. But Let's not just leave all. it there. <laughs> uh, so, counterpoint. Yeah. Wouldn't you say that whatever uh, kind of quality Miyazaki sees in a voice that he chooses for his film is kind of lost on us because we don't understand Japanese? Mm-hmm. Sure. So, what's the, so we can't get that that you know that soul that thing that he was, that spark that he was trying to put into his film by choosing these specific voice actors anyways hmm. so why not just get some american voices who are good voice actors to get I, something i don't know i was reading a thing the other day about um communication and it said something like 8% of communication and is, is that on us to just learn japanese already right. i mean i watch like That's a couple japanese us. movies a year yeah well, maybe before the next episode, we need to get an intermediate to advanced level of Japanese under our belt. Yeah. I mean, if we really care about this podcast. All right. That's the homework. Mm-hmm. So Duolingo, I don't know if they have Japanese on there. Yeah. I'll just probably read a couple books in Japanese. There's that good um, Oriental market. Asian food uh-huh. market. Yeah, they Maybe, probably speak Japanese. Probably it'll just kind of rub off. I'll just hang out there for yeah. a little while. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I speak... I'm probably at, like, beginner. Right. Uh, Genki Ramen. Yeah. Uh, it's a place in Hawaii. Yeah. What else? What else? Uh, don't touch my mustache. How do you say that? No, that's what Don't Touch oh. My Mustache is. Thank you very like, much. Thank you or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're pronouncing that quite correct. Um, no, I am. I think it's Doitashimashite. That's racist. That's not that. <laughs> it's racist to pronounce words in another language with their accents, guys. You should know that. I just love how um, a lot of people in Japanese films really use their diaphragm. Yeah, they do. You know? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I feel like it's easier to speak a foreign language if you do it in, like, uh, actor style or, like, an announcer style. Mm-hmm. Like, it's easier to, to speak with a Spanish accent if you're speaking like a radio announcer. Oh, do it. Uh... What should I say? <laughs> Yo tengo una pregunta. Yo tengo una pregunta. Hay una araña para aquí y está muy grande. Muy grande. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Eso no es una pregunta. <laughs> Did you say you have a big banana? <laughs> no. I said I have a question. There is a spider around here. Very big spider. Uh, that is not a question. Uh, yeah. Uh, what were we talking about, though? Learning before Japanese. This, before this... No, before nonsense. Uh, dubs and subs. I forget what I was going to say. About uh, We were talking about whether Directing it's lost eye. on us. Whether oh. it's lost on oh, us. Oh, no, I was going to say. I read a thing about communication, and it said that 8% of communication is the meaning of the words. 30-something percent is the tone of voice, and the rest is body language. Mm, so where I think do they get those numbers from? From science. Oh, but okay. I think... So I think that you do get a lot. I think you get a lot from the actors. Yeah. From the original Japanese actors. But um, you don't get the full effect. So I guess we need, we need to do science to figure out, to calculate... Mm-hmm. 
how much effect we get from yeah. subs and how much effect we get from dubs. So, with the next film, which I believe will be uh, Castle in the Sky. Yeah. Um, maybe we should do, we should get our sub on. Yeah, let's, let's do sub for the next one and see how it makes us feel. I'm going to guess. But we have to be more scientific than that. I well, like every time we feel okay, good. Okay, we should tap. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. A thing we can. Yeah, we can rate. We can uh, count how many goods we feel. Like every time we get it, we tap a like a little buzzer thing. We didn't do that this time though, so we'll have, we'll to, have to for do the, next the next film. Time. We'll have to do it. Or we tap, or like a a counter. You know, like a thing where you're counting people and you click, click, click. Yeah, and it yeah. Counts. So every time we get it, click one time. Yeah. So Although, if we're being very scientific, we probably should watch the same film. Because what if there's more things to get in the next film? Good point. But we should really, if we want to get real scientific, randomly assign to different conditions. But also, I don't want to get really scientific. <laughs> that sounds boring. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah. Then, and then compare the numbers of times that we really that we get it uh-huh. for subs and the number of times we get it. And we could write a paper or something on this, publish it. Yeah. 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 Get Jared's help because he's such a big brain head at, over there in college. Over there in master's degree tower. Made, made of ivory. Um, I I have a listener mail for us. <laughs> Already? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we have a What a coincidence. I do too. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, here, I have it right here. Here, you can hear that paper. Should we do the the, the theme song that we do every week? On. Yeah, of course. Listener mail. Listener mail. Listener mail. Listener mail. Um, that this... was bad. That was a bad, that was a bad one. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. No, uh, that's the... Oh, you're talking about the one we do every week. The good one. Oh. Uh, yeah, the good one. I thought you were talking about the other one. Um, Oh, you mean, okay, you mean, listener man, listener man, listener that's man. That's a song already. <laughs> People get sued for that. Okay, you mean the one that's not another song. No, 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 the one that, that goes like this. Yeah. Gonna read the listener mail. Here we go. Gonna read the listener mail. Here we go. Gonna freestyle. Gonna freestyle. Here we go. Gonna freestyle. Gonna lay it down now. The postal service is the place to send mail to the this land that we call the land of the free and the home of the brave, and that's why we like to read listener mail. That's, um, that's the one that I was thinking of. Okay, I forgot about it. I shouldn't forget that because um, we do it every week. Yeah. Um, did you know that your hairbrush... The, has hair on it. Well, the um, the brand of this hairbrush is Con Air. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that was in a, a bag when <laughs> I went to the premiere. Oh, when you went to the premiere of Con Air. They were yeah. giving out like little like brushes. Yeah, and, it's swag. Yeah, oh, interesting. So I they... also got some lipstick oh. and um, a Chia Pet. Whoa, Conair. A Conair Chia Pet. Yeah, their merchandising strategy for that Nicolas Cage action film was really interesting. Not very effective. Yeah. Um, anyway. Listener mail. Yeah, listener mail. So this is from Monica. She's from uh, Santa Monica. <laughs> I wonder if she gets... <laughs> Jokes about that, Monica. Write back and tell us what's the deal. Tell us if you get jokes. She says, um, "She says, great job, you guys. Haven't heard any of it yet, but I'm sure you'll do great." Hmm. I have one here. Uh huh. Um, here, let me grab it. It's physical mail, so yeah. Let's Obviously, see. you can hear it, yeah. so it's there. Okay. Here's this one. Okay. Um, yeah. This is from. Uh, this is from Gribshaw, uh, from the Republic of Ireland. Whoa. It's an uh, interesting name. Which is not, yeah, this is actually, it's an island, uh, in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
it's the name's confusing. That's what he says. That's the first line of the. It says, uh, "Dear Jibblers." Little known. Uh, it says, "Dear Jibblers." First off, not from Ireland. I am from a little island in the Pacific, called the Republic of Ireland. No relation. Whoa. Let me just say, I listen every week, and you guys are the number one podcast on Studio Ghibli funniness and blowing my mind. Keep up the good work. Love, Gribshaw. Wow. Now, was... Uh, that was just personally for him, or he's say, or he's saying we're actually the number one because I hadn't heard that. No, yeah. P.S. I am a podcast scientist, oh. and this is the official ranking. Wow, that's what it says at the bottom. That is very flattering because that... I didn't know that the rankings came out so quickly. I mean, we haven't even put this out yet. I know that is surprising. Like, and that means that we're better. Uh, he's saying that we are even above the likes of other Studio Ghibli podcasts, such as... Are there others? <laughs> I didn't look. Such as, have you seen uh, this podcast? Read it out loud. Que lejos esta Studio Ghibli? <laughs> and then... Uh, that know, means, how far away is Studio Ghibli? <laughs> and then uh, the other uh, Studio Ghibli podcast, you can read the description... Bienvenidos a Jiburi, el podcast del Studio Ghibli weblog, donde hablaré sobre cualquier tema rela relacionado con el mejor estudio de anim animación del mundo. So it seems like in the Spanish-speaking world, Studio Ghibli is pretty big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, this seems like it's just one guy from the way it's worded. We have at least double that. Yeah. So it's at least twice as good. Yeah. Um, it's two white guys. Yeah. Que lejos está Studio Ghibli. La tumba de las luciernagas. What does that mean? What? La what? tumba de las luciernagas. La tumba de las... It's probably the name of one of the... It's the tomb of something. Luciernagas. I don't know what that means. Yeah. No. Who knew? The, the Spanish speakers of the world... Like to get their jib on. Yeah. One of the many things we have in common. Speaking of that, um, I have a letter here from Ricardo. Oh, whoa. In Spain. Yeah. Europe. Uh, it says, Dear Ghiblies. Uh, first of all... It's Ghiblers. We'd Ghiblers. like to yeah, correct that. Yeah. Um, just in, you know... Ricardo, yeah. Don't want to get the wrong, uh, the wrong idea. Um, Dear Ghiblies... Um, I have been a loyal listener for one week in the future. See, I have a hard time. Oh, in the future. Okay. Yeah. God, that makes sense. Um, you guys are probably very handsome, uh, based on your voice. Hmm. And I can only assume that you smell nice, too. Wow. Love, Ricardo. Um... I'd say those those are some good assumptions. Yeah, it's a little bit of a it's a weird letter. So I don't is understand. Ricardo saying that he is in the future right now? Well, now I mean, so to speak. Oh yeah, it, I forgot to read the the postscript again. Yeah. It says, "P.S. I am a time traveler and I am in the future right now." We should stay in touch with him. Yeah, that seems like a good resource. Yeah, maybe even like stock tips or. Or, He's one week in the future. Uh, betting advice on future big games. Lottery numbers. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll definitely keep in, in touch with Ricardo. That's a good connection um, to have. Yeah. Any other... Is that... That's all the letter. I just got those two. Did you get any other... Um, I got one more listener email, actually. This is in our... Ah, using the old internet. Yeah, it's I'm the on... Way, it's, uh, I'd say it's the future of mail. I would say so. Are you on email? Um... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Email is great. Um, so this is an email from John. He says, way to go, guys. Oh, thanks, John. Yeah. So that was really nice. You didn't, he didn't have to do that, but... Um, you took the time. Yeah, and it does not go unnoticed or mm -hmm. unappreciated. Thank you so much, Tom. And thank John. you... 
John? No, sorry, John. Like, just your classic John, like a J-O-H-N. Not... Not, 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 not John. No, not John. Okay. Thank you so much, John. Yeah. Um, and thank you to all you listeners out there. Yeah. Um, just the the throng of... You know, without you, we this wouldn't be a thing. Technically, that's not true. I guess, but actually, yeah. We appreciate you listening and your fervor. I can feel it. And your, I can just feel you just chanting, one more, one more, one more, one more, yeah. And it fills my heart, and um, and it gives me the energy to do another one. I think we'll do, I think we'll keep going. Yeah, I say let's go for it. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's how we end every week. I say... Let's go for it. And I'm Scott Parker, and I also say, let's go for it.